and welcome to Bible Words. In this series, each week I take a single word which appears in the lectionary readings for that Sunday and explore the use of that word throughout the scriptures. I look at each word as it appears in the original language, so for New Testament words in Greek, for Old Testament words in Hebrew. I hope that by looking at a single word across the scriptures in this way, it will help us all develop a greater sense of the unity of all scripture. This week's Bible word is the Greek noun zoe, which means life. This word appears in the Gospel of the fifth Sunday of Lent, year A, that's John chapter 11 verses 1 to 45, where Jesus tells Martha that he is the resurrection and the life, that's John chapter 11 verse 25. The noun zoe is one of a group of eight other related words, all with meanings related to life and living. The noun zoe and the verb zao, I live, account for close to 90% of the total occurrences of this group of words in the New Testament. These Greek words give us the English words zoo and zoological, as well as the name zoe. In the secular Greek literature of the ancient world, zoe refers to life as existence, including the duration of human life. In the Odyssey, Book 3, the wise and generous King Nestor says that he will offer hospitality to strangers while I live, Zoe, and children after me are left in my halls. Zoe also characterizes life as having the capacity for self-movement, as opposed to objects that move purely mechanically. So Plato, in his laws, says we are to think of a thing as alive, zane, when it moves itself. Elsewhere, Zoe can refer to a way of life, as Herodotus describes the Scythian young men who want to return to their homeland with their Amazonian wives, saying, Now therefore, let us no longer lead a life, Zoane, of this kind. This sense of the quality of life is also mentioned by both Aristotle and Plato, who make a distinction between Zoe and another Greek word, bios, the latter having the sense of an occupation or purpose in life. So, in his Timaeus, Plato says that the one who neglects education continues a lame existence, a zoane, in their lifetime, and that word therein for lifetime is bio. Aristotle's politics says that a slave is a partner of his master's zoes, in the sense that he resides with the family, but not a partner of his master's bio, in that he does not share his master's career. So we see that most of the focus of zoe is on the natural, material realm of existence, even though the gods have immortal zoe, the difference from human life is one of duration, in other words, they have endless life, rather than of quality. Later developments in the Hellenistic world, especially in Neoplatonism or Gnosticism, applied greater spiritual value to zoe, but they mostly characterized this zoe as distinct from and not accessible in human life, so they take an opposite view from the materialism of the secular literature. Instead, Platonists thought of life as the soul's temporary sojourn or imprisonment in a mortal body. As we will see, though, the Bible's youth of Zoe rejects both of these senses of the Greek literature, both the materialist-only view of Zoe, but also the idea that Zoe can only be achieved beyond 
the obstacle of human existence. In the Septuagint, the Greek translation of the Hebrew Scriptures, which was produced between the 3rd and 2nd centuries before Christ, zoe is almost exclusively the Greek word used to refer to life, in its various senses and in its various Hebrew original words. Bios accounts for only about 3% of occurrences in the Septuagint, and all of them are in the wisdom literature or in the later histories. The Hebrew Scriptures take a completely different perspective from the Greek literature, because they regard God as the source of all life. So in Genesis chapter 2 verse 7, God breathes into Adam the breath of life, zoes, so that he becomes a living being, zosan. God is the one who gives both life and death in Deuteronomy chapter 32 verse 39, in the first book of Samuel chapter 2 verse 6, and in the second book of Kings chapter 5 verse 7. God alone is life. Indeed, he is the very definition of life and existence. The Lord refers to himself in Exodus chapter 3 verse 14 as Eche Asher Eche. We might render this almost untranslatable phrase as I am or will be or cause to be, what I am or will be or cause to be. The Lord is described 15 times in the Hebrew scriptures as the living God, Theozontos. The Lord refers to his own life as a mark of the truth of his words, as in many places he says, as surely as I live, for example in Ezekiel chapter 17 verse 16 and chapter 33 verse 11. The Lord even encourages Israel to swear as the Lord lives, to earn his blessing in Jeremiah chapter 4 verse 2. In contrast to all of this, pagan gods and idols have no breath in them. That's in Jeremiah chapter 10 verse 14. Human beings therefore desire God to give them life. The refrain, give me life, ze son me, occurs 13 times in Psalm 119, with another three phrases in the same psalm referring to God providing life. And long life is a blessing from God. In Psalm 21 verse 4, the king asked the life of God, Zoan, and God gave it to him, length of days for ever and ever. In Proverbs chapter 3 verse 2, it says that both length and quality of life are a reward for keeping the commandments. Whereas in Psalm 26 verse 9, disobedience brings death and end to life. And God is capable even of restoring life from death, so that his people may repent and return to him. We see this most dramatically in the extended image of God breathing life even into dry bones in Ezekiel chapter 37 verses 1 to 14. This ethical dimension of Zoe life is presented most starkly in Deuteronomy chapter 30 verses 15 and 16, where Moses sets before the people a binary choice, death or life. Evil brings death, but obeying the Lord's commands will cause the people of Israel to live and multiply. The verb there is zezesthe. And later in Deuteronomy, the law is described as not an empty word, but your life, zoe. That's in Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 47. So we see that life is not just physical existence, but when lived in God's path of life, that's Psalm 16, verse 11, it has a spiritual or ethical quality, which can become a route to conquering even death. As when the psalmist says that the Lord has delivered my soul from death, that I may walk in the light of the living, the Zonton. That's in Psalm 56, verse 13. The New Testament 
takes this spiritual view of life still further, while not ignoring the life of this world. Instead, there is a continuity between life in this world and eternal life, both being described by Zoe. Because of the saving power of Christ, neither human existence nor the body end at death. Therefore, the New Testament conception of Zoe rejects both the materialism and the dualism of the secular Greek world, because it locates Zoe both in this world and in the next. So both the noun Zoe and the verb Zao do retain their basic meaning of referring to human existence in the New Testament, and it's often as distinguished from death. For example, when the Apostle Paul prays that Christ will be exalted in him, whether by life, zoes, or by death. That's in the letter to the Philippians, chapter 1, verse 20. Living, as opposed to dying, is at the heart of many of Jesus' healing miracles, including when Jesus assures the official that your son lives, ze, in John, chapter 4, verse 50. And indeed, the New Testament shares the Hebrew Scriptures' insistence that all life depends on God for both its creation and its continuation. In him we live and move and have our being, as the Apostle Paul says in Acts chapter 17, verse 28. Zoe and Zao also refer, just as in the Hebrew Scriptures, to both duration and quality of life. So, in terms of duration, in the parable of the rich man and Lazarus, Abraham tells the rich man that he enjoyed good things during his lifetime, is Zoe, in Luke chapter 16, verse 25. And in terms of quality of life, the prodigal son squandered his inheritance by living recklessly. The verb there is zon, and that's in Luke chapter 15, verse 13. But the New Testament's predominant focus is not on Zoe's material concerns, but on a Zoe life that is transformed through Jesus Christ. So Jesus tells us the true life, Zoe, does not consist in an abundance of possessions, in Luke chapter 12, verse 15. And he also tells us that man does not live on bread alone, quoting Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3, in Jesus' response to the tempter, in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, and also in Luke chapter 4, verse 4. The Apostle Paul exhorts his readers to live for God in Romans chapter 14, verse 8, because God is the only source of life. And such a reorientation of human life towards God requires a death to the current way of living, as the Apostle explains in the letter to the Galatians, chapter 2, verse 20. No longer I who live, zo, but Christ who lives, ze, in me. This transformation will make us alive for God in Christ Jesus. That's zontas, and that's in Romans chapter 6, verse 11. So that our hope is not for this life only, which is in the first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 15, verse 19. Now, such a new life is possible only by uniting ourselves to Jesus, for his resurrection is the source of that new life. He, Jesus, is described as alive over 20 times in the New Testament, and we are saved by his life, his Zoe, in Romans chapter 5, verse 10, so that we can live with him. This latter phrase, live with him, translates the infrequently used Greek verb suzao, which occurs only three times in the New Testament, in Romans chapter 6, verse 8, in the second letter to the Corinthians, chapter 7, verse 3, and in the second letter to Timothy, chapter 2, verse 11. Jesus is therefore the author of life in Acts chapter 3, verse 15, 
not only in his resurrection, but also because he is the pre-existing word through whom all life came to be in the beginning. So as the prologue to John's gospel explains, in him was life, zoe, and that's in John chapter 1 verse 4. And Jesus has life, zoen, in himself in John chapter 5 verse 26. And he shares that zoen life with his father, the living God, the Theozontos. And this latter phrase is as common in the New Testament as we saw it was in the Old. It's occurring another 15 times. Jesus is therefore the source of eternal life. That's in John chapter 3 verse 16 and in the first letter of John chapter 5 verse 20. That explicit phrase, zoe aeonion, occurs 42 times in the New Testament, plus another 24 occurrences where the use of zoe or zao clearly refers implicitly to the life to come. But eternal life is not only something to be hoped for in the future, it can be experienced in the present. To some degree, we have it already, through Jesus, even if that life is hidden with Christ in God, as it says in the letter to the Colossians, chapter 3, verse 3. Fourteen of the instances of that phrase, eternal life, are associated with a verb in the present rather than in the future tense. And Jesus says in John chapter 5, verse 24, that the one who hears his message and believes has already passed from death to life. As a result, we who are believers and disciples can be described as living, zosan, we are a living sacrifice in Romans chapter 12, verse 1. We're living stones in the first letter of Peter, chapter 2, verse 4. And we have a living hope in the first letter of Peter, chapter 1, verse 3. Therefore, there is a continuity between the zoe of this life and the zoe of the next, not least because all life is omnipresent to God. For he is the God of the living, zonton, or to him, all are in fact alive. That's Zosin, and that's in Luke chapter 20, verse 38. A beautiful illustration of this truth is found in a word that's used only twice in the New Testament. The verb Zogreo means to catch alive. It appears when Jesus tells Simon that from now on he will be catching men rather than fish. That's in Luke chapter 5, verse 10. Without knowing the underlying Greek word, we would fail to see this nuance because most translations do not express the idea of being caught alive. But the word zogreo, having been built from a word that means to catch, but also that word alive, which comes from the verb zao, this word enhances the metaphor of being brought to Jesus because Jesus wants all of us to be caught alive so that we can be alive in him and live forever in his kingdom. The Apostle Paul loves to make a play on words to express this contrast between the old Zoe life, lived for ourselves only, and the new Zoe life in Christ. One example is in the letter to Romans, chapter 8, verses 11 to 13, where the Apostle says that we must not live Zen according to the flesh, but instead we must put to death the deeds of the body so that we will be able to live by the Spirit. The verb there is zezeste. And we will be able to do this because God will give life to our mortal bodies through that same Spirit. This latter sentence uses the verb give life 
The Greek verb there is zoopoeo, and this occurs only 11 times in the New Testament, and seven of them are in Paul's letters. So the apostle has played on three different senses of the word life in these three verses in the letter to the Romans. First, zoe, as mere human existence. Second, the promise of new zoe life in Christ and his spirit. And that's made possible by the third sense, the action of God who gives life, zoopoeo, to our mortal bodies. We can see similar wordplay, contrasting unredeemed human life with the life of Christ in Romans chapter 14 verses 7 to 9, second letter to the Corinthians chapter 4 verse 11, and also in the second letter to the Corinthians chapter 5 verse 15. But it is above all in the Joannine writings, which collectively account for nearly half of the total New Testament occurrences of the word zoe, that's 66 in all. And it's in these Joannine writings that the idea of zoe is most richly expressed. Indeed, Zoe occurs 36 times in John's Gospel, and that's more than any other book in the New Testament. Zoe is Jesus' mission to the world. I came that they may have life, he says in John chapter 10, verse 10. And John's Gospel is written so that those who believe may have life through his name in John chapter 20, verse 31. Zoe can only be found in the person of Jesus. Knowing him is life in John chapter 17, verse 3. And Jesus' Zoe life permeates his activities. He is the way, the truth, and the life in John chapter 14, verse 6. He is the resurrection and the life in John chapter 11, verse 25, as we've seen the gospel of the fifth Sunday of Lent, year A. Jesus also has the words of eternal life in John chapter 6, verse 68. And Jesus also infuses his Zoe life into everyday things, transforming them. Jesus offers us living water in John chapter 4, verse 10, and in John chapter 7, verse 38. He also offers the light of life in John chapter 8, verse 12. And Jesus is the bread of life in John chapter 6, verse 35, and verse 48. In the book of Revelation, Jesus is the living one, that's the zone. That's in Revelation chapter 1, verse 18. And images of life abound in the book of Revelation, from the book of life, into which the elect are written, and that has multiple occurrences, from Revelation chapter 3, verse 5, chapter 13, verse 18, chapter 17, verse 8, chapter 20, verses 12 and 15, and chapter 21, verse 27. There's also the crown of life, which the faithful receive in Revelation chapter 2, verse 10, and the tree of life in Revelation chapter 2, verse 7, and in chapter 22, verses 14 and 19. The water of life is free to anyone who thirsts in Revelation chapter 21, verse 6, and this water of life flows through the streets of the New Jerusalem at the end of time, with its source being the throne of the Lamb in Revelation chapter 22, verses 1 and 2. This beautiful image of the water of life links the living water of John's Gospel, which Jesus has promised in this life to anyone who asks, in John chapter 7, verses 37 to 38, it links that promise in this life of living water to the water of life that has no end in the heavenly kingdom as described in the book of Revelation. So, what does all of this mean for us? Well, first, do we understand that our life is not centered on bread alone or on material possessions? We live in a materialist culture, 
that's focused on wealth, power, fame, and consumption. So how successful are we in turning away from these false gods to choose life rather than death, as it said in Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19? Second, do we recognize Jesus as the only source of true Zoe life? Are we seeking Jesus to know him and live in deeper relationship with him? For Jesus has promised us that to know him is to have eternal life. That's in John chapter 17, verse 3. Or, like the Jews in John's Gospel, are we searching elsewhere for life and failing, therefore, to find Jesus? In John chapter 5, verses 39 and 40. And finally, do we rejoice that we have the promise of eternal life? Or are we living like those who have no hope? Pope Francis said in Evangelii Gaudium, paragraph 6, that there are Christians whose lives seem like Lent without Easter. Are we among them? When we encounter the greatest enemy, death, do we grieve like those with no hope, as it says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13? Or instead, do we trust in Jesus, who, in John chapter 11, verse 25, is the resurrection and the life. Mm -hmm.